This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Have you ever asked, what am I living for? We've uh, started this year by challenging each other with uh, this particular thought, what are you living for? What is the focus of your life? And I think it's really good for us as we enter into a new year to kind of focus ourselves on what would God have for us to do and have for us to be? What What is it that he wants us to focus on? And what is going to be the direction of his life, of our lives for his favor to rest upon us in this new year? And I've done this kind of short mini-series with you today, talking with you about three essential areas that I think are important for your life in order to make 2016 a year of increasing favor, increasing blessing uh, from God upon your life. And I, uh, I talked two weeks ago about the subject of influence and how you have to make this year a year where you are focusing on influencing others for the glory of God. In other words, everybody influences someone some way. Everybody does. You are influencing people around you right now. Influence is something that all of us do, and we we have to decide that we are going to influence people positively as opposed to because you are doing one or the other positive or negative influence and and what god is asking you to do is commit this year to being a year of focusing on influencing other people for god's kingdom for god's glory if you do that god says he'll reward you secondly we talked last week about having an eternal focus in your life eternal goals in your life. In other words, you're not just living for the here and now, but you're living to store up for yourself treasure in heaven. And uh, we talked about the fact that everything that you do now prepares you for what is to come in eternity. So that's just how important all the decisions you make are at this present time. Today, I want to kind of bring this this little series to a conclusion by talking with you about the, the third essential, which I will call generosity being a generous person. I have learned that being generous and being a generous person is one of the most important keys to receiving the blessings of God upon your life. If you want God's favor upon you, if you want God's blessings upon you, you be a blessing to other people. You be generously giving of yourself to other people. I've heard it expressed in many different ways. One, like live to give, that's kind of cute. Also lead with the seed, you know. All of these thoughts about generosity. If you want God's favor upon your life in 2016, you must be a person who, who, who is a giving, generous person. One of the greatest challenges that all of us as human beings face is the challenge of selfishness. We, we were born selfish. You came out crying and screaming, wanting attention, you know. And that's the way it should be. That, that's fine. But one of the developments that we take in our lives, if you're still crying and screaming when you're 21, you know, you're not going to have very many friends. You're not going to have very many people want to be around you. 
The point is, we've got to learn to focus, and this is what maturity does, is it takes us off of just focusing on ourselves to focusing on others, not being a selfish person. Uh, it doesn't work when you try to think about yourself all the time. It leads to ruin in your own life. Let me just share a scripture with you. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One person feels or gives freely, yet gains even more. That seems like a contradiction in terms right there. How can you give and yet gain? It would seem like you give and you lose. That's how we think. But God says, when you put God in the equation, when you put God in, in, into the situation, as a giver, God will give more back to you. We're going to talk about that. That's what he's saying here. But look at this. Here's the selfish person. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. So they, they get focused on themselves, and yet poverty comes to them because they aren't giving freely. That's a principle of, of the world of God's kingdom. So if you make yourself a, the focus of your life, it will lead you to poverty. But if you make others, God's kingdom, the focus of your life, it will, it will result in great blessings. And you will be, if you're a generous person, God will bless you because he made you to be a giver. So today I want to talk, to talk to you about why I believe generosity is so important. Number one, generosity, <clears throat> generosity reflects the nature of God. When we are generous, we are showing the reality of God within us. This is one of the truths that you really get when, when you read just the simple scripture, John 3.16. Most people know John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he what he gave. Notice how love is connected to giving. Notice how God is connected to giving. What you see in this verse and this verse is talking specifically about our freedom from sin and our, our reattachment to God and how, how we can have eternal life. God made that possible by giving it the gift of Christ as our Savior. That's what this verse is talking about. But we are also showed here the nature of God, that it is God's nature to give. It is the nature of love to give. We think of love as a feeling, but love is not a feeling. Love is an act, and it expresses itself best through giving. Love is a giving act. I will tell you that one of the pure joys that Carrie and I have in serving this church is, is the fact that it is such a generous church. In fact, I, uh, I had a local pastor a couple of months ago. We went uh, to lunch together and, and we're chatting and he said to me, Jim, if Life Church is known for nothing else in this community, it is known for its generosity. I took that as an incredible compliment that throughout the Christian community in Salt Lake, at least amongst the leaders of, of the Christian community, they know that Life Church is an incredibly generous church. Now, we are generous because we believe that it shows the nature of God's heart through us to be generous. And I will just tell you, and I'm not doing this braggingly, I'm just doing it as a point of truth and a fact to you. We have given thousands upon thousands of dollars 
not just to missions overseas, but to even area churches, churches in the same city that have come upon hard times or difficult seasons in their, in their church life, and we have helped them out with specific gifts of thousands upon thousands of dollars to help in their time of need. I remember getting a phone call from one pastor. He couldn't believe it, a letter from another. Couldn't believe that Life Church would reach out to them at a crisis time, thanking us so much for our sensitivity to the bigger kingdom of God, not just to our own church personally. We have helped churches by providing seat, seats for them when they built their new building and they were struggling with finances, we came alongside them and provided seats. Not only did we give them seats, but we gave them thousands upon thousands of dollars to help them get their property set up and the landscaping and everything that you have to do to get occupancy permits for buildings in, in our world today. A few years ago, a church in Western Colorado hit an extremely difficult time when, when finances kind of crashed in their area and things were just critical. But our leadership, when I shared it with our, our leadership team, our leadership board, what was going on with that church, they said, Pastor Jim, we cannot stand by and watch this happen. We've got to sacrificially give. And we sent them, I'll just tell you, we sent them $10,000 and said, Life Church, the people of Life Church Salt Lake care about what you're going through. And we're going to stand in the gap with you. And we're going to trust God for a blessing upon your church. That church... That church today is a thriving church, a growing church. They're meeting all of their own needs now and are blessing the world with their missions giving. You see, when we invest in others, it expresses the heart of God. When we get word of a natural disaster somewhere in the world, Life Church jumps in and responds almost immediately. And, and the, the relief agencies through the Assemblies of God know that we will be that kind of a church. And they'll send me a note. They'll send me a fax. They'll send one to Pastor John and say, this is the critical issue that we're facing in the world right now. Can you guys respond? And, and we'll give you opportunity. And you people give so graciously and so wonderfully. In fact, last year alone, this is just in 2015, Life Church gave Above, its, uh, above our tithe giving from our people, I want you to hear this, 400, over $432,000 to the cause of getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out into the world. And you say, how in the world can Life Church do that? It's because everybody does something. Some people do a lot, some people do a little, but everybody, nearly everybody does something. And when you take the little and the little and the little and you add it all up with a lot and a lot and a lot, it's amazing what God is able to do through a congregation. Let's give him praise for, for such a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I have to tell you that I know that we're doing some construction here, and we have been for about a year now, and we've widened hallways, and we're widening areas, and yes, we're making it nicer, but more than that, we're making it more functional, and more than that, we're making it safer. We have had areas of the building that have, have really deteriorated because it's an older building, and, and we have just had to fix some things. And so some of the construction, while it, it appears that it's just a matter of, of convenience or making things prettier or whatever, it's not. It's a matter of making things much, much safer. But in spite of that, I want you to know that our priorities are not out of line. This construction has been necessary. We've needed to do it. We've needed it for a 
safer facility. Our, our electrician said, we, we can't understand how this church didn't burn down several years ago. And, and you know, that's the reality of what we have, have had to fix and had to improve. But God has helped us to do that. And, and we've had these critical issues, but we've been able to deal with them all for cash take care of them all for cash. We haven't added one penny into debt. It has been done because of the generosity of the people of this church. But, but even with, the, the, that, with all of that, our focus has been on generous serving, generously serving, generously giving to others in the world. And it's been far greater what we have done in our giving than what we have spent on ourselves. You know, and people can get the idea that all we are doing is just thinking about ourselves and spending everything on ourselves, and it's absolutely not true. This church gives way more away to other ministries and people than we spend on ourselves. I believe it's because Life Church expresses the heart of God in generosity that God has blessed us with so much growth and the ability to fix all of these things as we have, it, and it's serving as a witness in this community for the, the fact that the, the Lord is in this place and the power of God is working through a generous people. Uh, Pastor John and I went and appeared before the West Valley City Council about two years ago, a year and a half ago or so, and we needed to change the zoning of our property. And, and so we went and we made a presentation to them. And a woman I have never met before, don't know, she sits on the city council. She said in, in that public meeting, she says, I have to tell you, I drive by your church almost every day. And I have never been more proud of looking over and seeing that properties develop so beautifully. You are an asset and a compliment to our community, not just to yourselves, and we thank you for it. Wow, what a testimony that God has given us, even in West Valley City. People are noticing what we're doing, and we're doing it for the glory of God. Amen. Number two generosity brings joy. There is nothing like giving. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 quotes Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You've probably heard that before. It's more blessed to give. When I was a kid, I couldn't understand that. I never fully comprehended when I was a little kid, how is it that it can be a great, greater blessing to give than to get? Sounded to me like getting was a better deal than getting, and then giving away was. It didn't make sense to me, but but when I grew up, it, it started to make sense to me. And I started to understand. And God was asking me to take a step of faith and that if I would do that, he would bless me back in greater ways. You know what I found out? I took that step of faith and what I found out was that it is indeed a greater joy and a greater blessing to give. What Jesus said was absolutely true. But you see, it took me growing up to come to that understanding. It took me maturing to, to learn that truth. But I think a lot of Christians have never learned that because they haven't grown up spiritually. They're still babies spiritually, and so it makes no sense to them that giving would be a way for God to bring blessings and joy into their own life. Maybe they've tried it for a short time and they hit a hard time. I will tell you this, every time you make a commitment to God, you will be tested in it. You will be tested. God will see you through it if you're faithful, but you will be tested. There will be points where you'll have to say, I'm going to do what I pledged, what I promised to do, regardless of how things are looking right now. And the Lord will work a miracle in your behalf, but he'll test your resolve. 
But some people, they hit the hard time and they give up. They go back to their own old ways. But one of the things that I've learned is that harvest is not immediate. You don't immediately get a harvest in anything. There isn't a farmer anywhere who plants his seed one day and that very night, in the middle of the night, grabs a flashlight and goes out into the field and looks to see if any of the seed has sprouted yet. Of course not. That would be silly. Why? Because it takes sun and it takes rain and it takes warmth. But more than anything, it takes time for the seed to sprout. But even so, even when it sprouts, it still takes time for it to mature enough to bring a harvest. You know, all of us, we are in such an instant society that we don't like this. We want God to come through yesterday, right? You know, I, I gave my offering at church, why, and I'm expecting by Tuesday afternoon for everything to be taken care of, you know. And we don't understand the, the process of harvest. But giving is like a seed. It's planted in the soil of your faith, but it doesn't produce until it's time. And again, we think it's time right now for, the, for it to produce a harvest to us. But God knows the future, and he knows what may be out there when you may need it more than you think you do even right now. So it's a step of faith that you take. It takes faith to give. You see, the farmer doesn't know for sure that when he plants the seed and he takes the time to do it and he takes the time to water it and he, and he, and he spends the money on the seed in the first place, he doesn't know for sure he's going to get a harvest. He hopes he's going to get a harvest. He has faith he's going to get a harvest. And that's why he goes out and he plants the seed. By faith, he trusts the harvest is coming. And you don't know for sure that giving will bring blessings back to you. You have to have faith that it's going to do that. So when you give, give to God and say, God, I'm giving by faith, trusting you to meet the need. You know my car's a jalopy. You know it's falling apart. It needs, I've got to have some help with the expenses on that. But I'm giving to you, oh God, as seed for the blessing of, of the repair on that car or whatever the issue might be in your family or in your life. And you know what? If you give by faith, that step of faith will become the seed that will bring a harvest back to you, a harvest of joy, a harvest of blessing back to you if you don't give up. you got to fight through the testing time. The third thing I want to say about generosity is that generosity keeps us from selfishness. When the Apostle Paul wrote those words I already quoted, and it's more blessed to give than receive in Acts 20, 35, he was talking about not allowing covetousness to dominate our hearts. And he was using his own life as, a gen, as, as, a, uh, as an example. He said in verse 33, I have never coveted anyone's silver, gold, or fine clothes. Now in Acts chapter 20, just let me give you a little background there. Paul is on his way from Asia back to Jerusalem, and he stops close to an, uh, a, a Greek city by the name of Ephesus, a city he's planted a church in. And so while he's in the area, briefly, he wants to meet with the church leaders. And he wants to give them a farewell message. And this is what he shared in his farewell message to them. He, he, in particular, he challenged them and warned them about four things. Number one, stay true to solid doctrine. Stay grounded to truth. In other words, it's easy as time goes on to begin to fudge. Let your doctrine stay strong. No matter what pop culture says, your doctrine stays strong. Number two, 
He warned them to watch out for false teachers that are coming, going to come against the church from outside the church. There will people who will worm their way in and, and they'll try to bring false teaching. Be careful. Number three, he says, watch out for false teachers rising from within the church. I wish I had more time. I could talk to you about examples where in our ministry, we've had people that have come in among us that were false. They were wolves in sheep's clothing and they, they duped a group of people and, and pulled them away with false teaching and, and a false or a pseudo spirituality. You got to be careful about that. Number, and then number four, he said, I want you to be careful not to become covetous. Now, I thought that was all odd. Of all of the sins that Paul could have warned the Ephesian elders about, he warned them about being covetous. That was amazing to me. But a covetous person is a selfish person. And selfishness leads to pride, which leads to a downfall. So selfishness can be the core of a prideful spirit. Covetousness is the same as selfishness. A covetous person is consumed with wanting what others have or consumed with wanting more. Always wanting more. I had a brother come up to me after the first service saying, well, does that mean that we can't desire to have a better car if our car's falling apart? We can't desire to improve our house? I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you can't make it the focus of your life just to own the biggest and the best. The focus of your life has to be better than, has to be higher than that. If God blesses you with one of those things, then fine. But don't make that so you're all consumed by that. Everything you own, everything you possess belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. When you recognize that, God can bless you with more, and that oftentimes will happen. But a covetous person, no matter how much they have, they always want more. In other words, it's never enough. I was reading just the other day about um, the richest man back in the 1800s, and this man had more wealth than anybody else in the United States. He, he formed a company called the Standard Oil Company. And, and he had more wealth than anybody, almost more wealth than anybody else in the world. He was so rich. Somebody went to him. His name was Rockefeller. Somebody went to him once and said, Mr. Rockefeller, how much money is enough money? And you have probably heard this, his response. His response was, just a little more. How much, I mean, how much more money do you need? Oh, just a little more, just a little more. And that is the, the heart, or that is a statement that reflects the spirit behind uh, people who struggle with selfishness. They've always got to have more and more and more. The apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, I have learned to be content with everything that I have, whether it's a lot or a little. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right? So it's, it's the opposite that God wants to build in us. One of the things that Jesus wants to do in you is heal you and me of a selfish spirit because a selfish heart will corrupt your life. And one of the primary ways that God helps heal us of selfishness is challenging us to be givers. Because when we give, we take our focus off ourselves and we start focusing on everybody else. I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, I want to give, 
but I, my bills are just too big. You know what that is? That's a focus on yourself. Now, it may be true that your bills are heavy, and there may be some adjustments that need to take place there, but the more you restrain, remember that first scripture I should, shared with you, the more you don't give, the more it brings devastation and poverty back to you. A giving spirit brings blessings to you, and that leads us, um, and that sets us on the road for God to bless us. So, um, number four, generosity sets you up for generous provision. So here's the truth. I want you to get this. Whatever you give will be given back to you in greater measure. Whatever you give. This is not just money. It means money, but more than that. Here's the scripture. Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. It doesn't say give money. It says give. Whatever you give will be given back to you in greater measure. Given it will be given to you, your gift will be returned to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. If we believed that verse, it would transform the way we live. If we really believed that, I want that to sink deep into your soul. Jesus is saying here, whatever you give will be returned to you in greater measure. So, if it's kindness that you give, it'll be returned back. You'll get kindness returned back to you. Mercy. What does Jesus say? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. See, that's the principle right there. If it's, if it's um, patience, you're patient with people as opposed to short-tempered and demanding. But if you're demanding, guess what's going to come back to you, Ray? That's what's going to happen back to you. If, it, if it's um, helping someone who needs your help, then when you're in need, God will make sure someone's there to help you. See, that's, that's how all of this works. With this caveat, the amount you give will determine the amount you get. The amount you give will determine what you get back. Even a healing, loving touch Whatever it is that we give, God will use and will return it back to us in greater measure. Maybe you've heard this story. It's an extraordinary true story. It's a miracle. Back in 1995, little twin girls were born prematurely. Because they were premature, they struggled with some issues, but the one in particular struggled with a heart condition that the doctors told the mother and the father would shortly take the child's life. As the days went by, the, the girls were in incubators in the hospital, and the sick baby's health um, deteriorated to the point of being near death. But one very perceptive nurse who was watching those two little girls had this idea, I believe it was an idea from God. And she thought to herself, you know what? These babies were together for nine months in the womb, and now we've brought them up and they're in separate incubators. Maybe if they were put back together. And so she asked the doctor, as against hospital policy, but he approved it, and they put the two girls together in the same incubator. Somehow, the healthy baby managed to put her arm around her little sister. Nobody moved that baby's arm. She did it 
herself. And before long, and for no apparent reason, the sick baby's heart began to stabilize, and it began to heal. And her blood pressure returned to normal, and her temperature came down into the normal range. And little by little, she got better and better until finally they were both discharged. And today, they are both healthy young women, and that's the picture of them. 20, what, 21 years later. What a miracle. My point is simply this, whatever you give, whether it's a loving touch or whether it's a sacrificial gift to God's kingdom in some way, whatever it is will be used by God to bring greater blessing back to you and to, into the lives of others. If you want 2016 to be a year of God's favor and blessing in your life, with everything that is within me, I encourage you, if you want God's blessings upon your family, be a generous person. Don't withhold. It leads to poverty. That's what Proverbs said. Give. It leads to abundance. Abundant provision and blessing. Take that step of faith. Say, man, I'm scared to death to do that. Now, I want you to know, I'm not manipulating you here because I already took the offering. So it's not like I'm manipulating you to get you to give bigger gift today. And some of you may be tempted to believe that because I said we have given thousands of dollars away, that therefore we don't need your, your help or your provision. And that would be a sad misinterpretation of today's message. We do need that. I share these things with you to let you know that we don't use this all for ourselves. We use it for the glory of God. And so when you give, you give to God through the church. Don't ever give to the church. Give to God through the church. Does that make sense? Lord, I'm giving this to you through my local church. If, if you're a guest with us today and, and this is not your church home, you give in your church home, not here. But those of you who consider this to be your church home, I want to challenge you in 2016 to release the blessings of heaven upon your life by learning to be exceedingly generous, not just in giving financially, but in giving in every area of your life. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.